0: the f- fuck is wrong with Mark Wahlberg?
1: Hey. Fuck that guy. Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom and it's one half of the Omcast. I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello. So we now live in a world full of sequels, prequels, remakes and reboots. And we understand that sometimes life gets in the way and you're not always be- going to be able to catch up before a new one comes out. With that in mind, we're here to discuss our thoughts and feelings on the highs and lows of some of the biggest franchises in cinema history before we find out if the new one is worth seeing. This week, we're discussing the sequel to The Shining, Stephen King's Doctor Sleep, starring Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson, and whoever the girl was. Some more people. So, yeah, other people. Um, it's a sequel to The Shining. It's uh, It's crap. Don't bother. I... Um, so next week we're going to be looking at... <laughs> I think we're going to start looking at Star Wars. Oh, no, wait, now we've got the Man 66, yeah, haven't we? Yep. Um, sorry, no, <laughs> go on. Um... I, what? I think the biggest thing you've said so far is that it was long. It was really long. Do
0: you know what? what? If that was a miniseries done by Kerry Fukunaga, mm-hmm. like True Detective, mm-hmm. and there was a little bit more ambling and a little bit more thoughtful... Yeah. It would have been amazing. Yeah.
1: I mean, be, uh, yeah. Because I, I say, yeah. you
0: would have forgiven certain things mm. that would have happened because you're like, it's okay, it's a TV show. Yeah. Not, it's okay, this is a multi million pound movie. Yeah. So, before we get too far, everybody knows The Shining or should know The Shining. Mm-hmm. This is the sequel to The Shining, which explores the effects of what happened in the previous film to Danny and how he's coped with that
1: as he's gone on throughout the rest of his life. Yeah, it's basically obviously, if you think about the events of The Shining, there was that little boy in amongst it all, mm. and it was there it was a question that kept it getting put to Stephen King about, well, what happened to that little kid? Surely he'd grow up traumatized, mm-hmm. and he's not only is he like the the basic his dad tried to kill him. There's also the element of his psychic abilities and that playing on his mind and making it that much worse. So what happened to the kid from The Shining? And that was an idea that's all stuck in Stephen King's head and then he ended up writing this book, Dot to Sleep, which is about that. It's about what happened to Danny as he grew up to a certain extent. It's also a a very different story about a new set of characters, a whole new set of things. But at its heart, it's about Danny. That's the book. Yeah. Now the film... Mm, it's something else film does
0: some things to explore Danny's past yeah and does some things to explore like familial trauma yeah ptsd mm-hmm. the effects of addiction yeah and some really
1: fascinating things and it does that's a frustrating it thing it just doesn't do enough with no. it it's a frustrating thing so i say when i say it's crap that is very dismissive there is some some good stuff in there yeah. There's definitely some gr- and you know some great stuff in here. I think for this, you know, straight away I feel like the strongest element of it is the performances. I think Ewan did actually a great job. To be fair to him, uh, yeah, he did a so. good the, job. I think the in...
0: kids, the kid's performance was better because she showed quite a lot of range.
1: She did, I guess, but like I don't know. I, I like, feel like
0: it felt like a lot of the time that she was playing a dumb kid mm. and that she could have done better. And she was displaying that when she was. Showing the times that she was—spoiler alert—for
1: lack of a better term—shine possessed. Mm. Yeah, and I, but I thought yeah, Ewan was really great, and then it was in some of the more subtle scenes. So there was scenes. There was a scene where he got up in front of everyone at his meeting, and it was one yeah. long unbroken shot, and you see some quite subtle that sort was great. of yeah. And there was a few elements like that. There's another one where he sat at a bar. Oh uh, yeah, that's not a spoiler, but like. There are scenes like that where he, yeah, he never goes, flies off the handle and does anything mental. No, but he's he's fighting back, and it's all like really subtle, like stuff in his eyes, and his. And I thought that was really good. I thought his accent was fine. It's Ewan McGregor's
0: American accent,
1: but like at the same time, like at this point, it's I wouldn't say that was any better or worse than like Cumberbatch's. No, they've all got it's, this weird croaky.
0: It's what I yeah. refer to as the American kind of accent. yeah. yeah. So um, it's. Um yeah, all like the British invasion guys have got it. So McAvoy
1: McAvoy's got it. I think Charlie Cox Charlie Cox has got it a little Charlie bit.
0: Cox has got it, Ewan
1: McGregor's got it. A lot of yeah. these guys sort of But it's not like 'cause I've I've seen films with Ewan McGregor where he does an American act and it's noticeably bad. Like there are words when actually I will say I feel like um much as I thought she was great, there were times when um Rebecca Ferguson's accent slipped a few a few times. Yeah. I think mm, she was I, good as far as the hat. I think she was. Was good. she? I think so.
0: I just think she was fine in that film. There were parts where it just felt like she was phoning it in. Yeah. There are parts that she was really, really into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I. I feel like she did the best. I think any lack of anything that there was a failure of that character wasn't to do with her performance. I think it was to do with the script. Yeah. I feel like the, again, I'm coming back to having just read the book. Yeah. So I literally just finished the book this week, and Rose the Hat is a much more, I think, scary and complicated character mm-hmm. in the book, and they could have done more with that. And again, like you say, this could have been a miniseries, yeah, um, and would have been better that way. And just like there are some concepts that are that I sort of just paid lip service in this, that I feel were worth exploring more, and I don't know how you do it in a in a movie. Basically, the main thing being like Doctor Sleep. the fact that he's called Dr. Sleep, what that means. Yeah. And those scenes. So the first time that happens, which is the idea is that Danny ends up working in a hospice Mm -hmm. and he ends up going and sitting with people on their deathbeds as they're about to die. And he uses his power of of the shining to sort of ease their passing. Yeah. And it's really beautifully written in the book. And it's one of the strongest things in the book. The book is a bit silly at times. It's It's not the shining in any sense. No. Um, but there are some moments and some ideas that Steam King hits on, which are great. And that's one of them. Mm-hmm. But in the film, it's really sort of like the first time it happens with the guy is really like basic. Yeah. And just and like it only not. happens twice. The second time I, did, I thought that was really sweet. That scene where he when they're singing Frank Sinatra together. Yeah, that was quite nice. And it was like they they kind of got it a bit more there. But then the second time it was like, oh, it's just like sleeping. ah, oh, doctor sleep. It's all just real surface level, like yeah. it's this. this isn't particularly well written or like you you're really sort of you're not yeah, getting it's the concept Literally of
0: only in there for necessities purpose. Yeah. Because the one thing I would say about both the book and the film is they're not the shining two.
1: No, they're not. And that's Neither kind of, of the, that's are. kind of I think that's what I ended up I, I now having walked out of the film, I appreciate the book more yeah <laughs> like i now appreciate that the dot sleep is a better book than i originally gave it credit for yeah um because of particularly like when i think about the way it, the note it ends on and the story that it was telling at the point of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um which i won't spoil here but maybe we'll get into that later on when we talk yeah. about the differences but this it tries to be two like different things to different people so it tries to be an adaptation of Doctor Sleep, but then particularly in the last half of it, it leans really heavily into The Shining. Yeah, and that's some of the best stuff. But like when we're when we're watching it in the cinema, and the best and most memorable moments are when it invokes another film. Mm-hmm. That's not really a good film,
0: no, is it? <laughs> no, and but that's one thing that I would say about stuff like um, when I was watching this. There are parts that happen in it, and you're like, "This is quite good." Oh, it's they're still doing it yeah you start to start to buy into it and you think this is quite clever because they're doing a throwback
1: mm.
0: no they're just cashing in
1: yeah they they take it a little bit too far yeah. there's a there's a couple of sequences and yeah we'll have to talk about when we get past the spoilers element but where they they do it really well with just like settings and things mm-hmm. and then they just go that little bit further and it becomes silly and yeah. we, <laughs> there were some visceral reactions from there the pair was, of us there were some, in the cinema. <laughs> there were some lols. Yeah, some oh my, the, oh, proper eye rolls. Um, yeah, and it's it's a shame. It, I thought I was it disappointed is. by this one. Yeah. I feel like I was probably more disappointed by this one than I have been with the other Stephen King films we've had this year. To be honest, I feel like really, I'm probably yeah. I mean, like yeah, because the, the, now you can't help but compare it to it Chapter Two and. Mm-hmm. Um, pet symmetry both of which made massive deviations from their source material yeah and and this does as well and there are times where, like I'd sat up to you when there was a point in this movie where things changed and they they did something drastically different mm-hmm. and I just sat up and went Gentlemen, what was it? <laughs> yeah. You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention, and that's when it's good. Like because I, having just read it, it was like, this is all just going through the motions. Going, yeah, and then now that scene, yeah, that scene, and then that happens, and then that happens. It's exactly the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they do something different. I go, okay, cool, all right. You you're doing something with this now. You're, but then they just they sort of drop the ball at the end for me.
0: Yeah. So one thing. Before we get too much into spoilers, mm. because we're literally only 10 minutes into the recording, mm. um, talk me through some of the non-spoilery things that you really enjoyed.
1: Um, I guess like, I liked some of the visual style of it, like the way they would depict things. Like, I liked yeah. that there was a sequence where, where, they, where they're showing how these psychic powers work, I yeah. guess. And so there's a sequence where Rose is looking for um, Abra. Mm-hmm. Um, and she... Um sorry, we should really explain who Abra is, so yeah, we should move yeah, um yeah, so basically the the kind of the plot of this movie, although it follows Danny to a certain extent, what ends up happening is you end up with this new character called Abra, who is a young girl who is another um child who has the shine, yeah, and is yeah you know, and has the shining, and starts communicating with Dan. You also have the antagonists of this movie, which are a group of people who call themselves the True Knot. And they are basically these weird vampiric sort of, you know, otherworldly beings who f- feed on children who have the shining. Yeah. By killing them. And like, and there's one scene in this which is really harrowing and really f- f- proper horrific. And, of course, it's J- Jacob Tremblay because he's the only <laughs> actor working today, apparently. Um but yeah so that's the basic plot of this and so what happens is she reaches out to Dan and Dan sort of becomes her mentor to a certain extent and they, yeah. they go on this sort of journey together to fight this these evil people who are after Abra in particular because she's so powerful but are also going around the country killing children yeah and using that as a way of staying alive for a really, like yeah it's like sus- sustenance yeah but it means they're like some of them are like hundreds of years old the leader of this group is Rose the Hat played by um Rebecca Ferguson yeah. That's the basic premise of it. Um but within that what you end up with is was you have these sequences where they're doing having like psychic battles or trying to seek each other out through their in their minds. Yeah. And some of the way they put that together and that was filmed I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, there was one sequence where Rose goes out looking for Abra and it's like she's flying mm. over the top but like it's n- it sounds stupid but the way It sounds when you like describe it. Oh, she's flying above the clouds. It sounds really stupid, but it's not. I've never seen a flying sequence done quite like this before.
0: See, because I kind of saw it that she was she was the fixed point, and everything was
1: moving around her. Yeah, and that's really so. There's something that they sort of hinted at a little bit, and it was a bit where Abra did it. So when Abra was first tracking them, she reached out and touched her windowsill. Yeah, and then the room like shifted around her, and she stayed put. So her feet ended up going. Like she was at a um, ninety degree angle from her wall. Yeah. The end result of that was then she you saw her feet like landing in the um, supermarket aisle.
0: Yeah, so it was I, the, the, I, wor- sh- I walked yeah. in at that point. So it's
1: the, it's the world turning, which is a concept they have in the book. Yeah, they talk about the wheel, whether we have to turn the wheel, and like you say, it's the idea that they are the fixed point. Yeah, and it's the world that moves around them. And the way they depicted that on screen, I thought was really good. Yeah, and so that the visual style of that was great. Um, I thought the true Knot came across, were genuinely frightening mm-hmm. and scary, and the way they just they f- the way they feasted like when they were, when they were getting steam either from a child or from one of their own. Yeah, they're like animals, and the way they just and it is like yeah, because I always saw them like when I
0: read the book, I sort of saw them more of addicts than yeah, and, and it's there probably is probably an element of that yeah, because I always saw it as a, like an addict thing rather than anything else because. Is Stephen King mm. so he sort of tends to draw from real life yeah um but yeah and then the, the way that you see them sort of descend on anything yeah but um yeah I really enjoy like you said the, like, the visual language of this was was really good
1: mm.
0: it was really really interesting yeah. it did start to become a little bit ready player one after a while yeah that's well <laughs> but I mean obvious references aside but at the same time there were points where I was just like okay.
1: Like, be yourself. Yeah, yeah. It it like, like I say, it's the it's the fact that it's able to lean on the shining is both his greatest strength and its greatest weakness in mm-hmm. a way. It's weird, like because we it, you I mean, as fans of the shining and having just watched it as well, you do go, oh, cool. Like when the, where there are shots, like where they replicate the shot of the flying over the um the lake. Yeah, you go, oh god, it's cool. Yeah. but like you say, it's it's because it leans on that. Just a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, because, because it mean, opens with the the score yeah. from The Shining. It's
1: the score and it's the, the sh- old... The score from
0: The Shining comes back yeah. at that point when they're going to the Overlook.
1: Yeah, but not only that, like the opening sequence is is Danny in the Overlook oh, riding his trailer. The spoilers, they go back to the Overlook. That's in the trailers. Oh, okay, cool. Or dare to go back. It's the whole thing oh, is predicated yeah, on that. The poster is him putting his head, to the, head through the... I should watch trailers more. Yeah. Um, that's the whole point and that on I mean, and of itself and we were talking about this last week tells you that it's deviating mm. from the book yeah, which means that it has to lean on Stanley Kubrick shining um, as opposed to Stephen King shining yeah um, which causes some sort of cognitive dissonance in a few places and I think it was particularly weird for me like at the opening sort of 10 minutes of the movie where it's you it's Danny as a kid still
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then you have so Wendy's there, and Dick Halloran's there, but they are not Shelley Duvall or Scatman Brothers. No, They are very different-looking people, and particularly the show, the um, version yeah. of... And that is, What annoyed just, me
0: about her is that she was doing an impression of Shelley Duvall, yeah. not Wendy.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's one thing to be said for the guy who did um, Halloran. Yeah. He was doing his own version of Halloran, and that yeah. was less jarring for yeah. whatever reason. He sort of he settled in, you just go... Okay, this is Halloran, I yeah. believe that. That's fine. The way they they have a relationship, he calls him Doc. It's cool.
0: Yeah, it's fine, and you understand that. But the the fact that she is desperately trying to do an impression of her,
1: yeah, acts to its own detriment. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like, that's that's only the. But that I mean because it's right up front at the beginning of the film, it immediately sort of puts you on a weird footing. Yeah, like you go, mm, this doesn't seem right? Yeah, and like all like the kid who plays the young Danny is like you don't you're not you're not, you're Danny. not Danny you're not, you look a li- you're dressed in the same clothes and you got the same stupid haircut but you ain't Danny no. do you know what I mean like and then once once it settles and it flashes forward and you start seeing Ewan and I think yeah Ewan I genuinely do think Ewan did a really good job when you think about <laughs> how he starts at the beginning of the movie when he's really down and out and he's yeah. like he's fucked and he looks fucked yeah and he doesn't say a lot but he's really conveying quite a lot in just the way he looks at people mm-hmm. and, the, and the sort of that whole thing. Um I just,
0: I think he does a great job with the, the very limited material that he's got. Yeah.
1: And when, but when he gets given a good bit of material, again, I keep coming back to that scene at the bar. Yeah. You can see that he, for lack of a better term, he shines. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame that they don't let him do more. I feel like they could have focused it up because of the other thing I felt, like in the particularly in the first act, it jumped around too much. Mm-hmm. It was jumping between him and Rose and Abra and then you had the snake bite Andy yeah. and her whole plot. And it's like, you need to focus this up. Just for, like forget everyone else for a minute and just let's spend the next half hour with Dan. Yeah. And understand why he drinks and all the rest of it. And let's get into that. And if you had done that, I think Ewan would have risen to that and he would have been great.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's almost well, like they could have split up three stories across an hour and twenty minutes each.
1: I know it could have been, it should have been a show. I, I get what you're saying. A TV is the golden age of TV. Why make a movie anymore? Fuck them.
0: No, just why make something that's a novel, and that has this much in it to unpack? Yeah. Why and try are, and fit that in. There are things in two the, and a half hours. Yeah,
1: there are whole subplots that are completely left out of from the yeah. novel as well, like, like it, the, the Momo
0: Doctor Sleep. We'll have to get to that in a minute, but um, the actual Doctor Sleep thing is literally just lip service yeah. in this. It only serves a purpose for you to go, oh,
1: there's the, there's the name of the film. Yeah, That's where it comes from. Moving on. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, and it's, but the Doctor Sleep thing, that's what I liked about it in the book. Like I say, this whole idea of him, he goes back in and gives people who were on their deathbed their memories back and yeah. they revel in that as they're about to die. And because the whole sort of thematic thing that exists between both The Shining and Doctor Sleep is it's dealing with the past. Yeah. it's de- And that he does that on a metaphysical sort of ghosty level where it's the past of the Overlook Hotel and there's all the people who died there and they're the ghosts who come yeah. back and haunt you. But then there's also being haunted by your own past. So Jack Torrance was haunted by his drinking and the fact that he broke his son's arm and, and that's his the own thing.
0: relationships with his father. Yeah,
1: exactly. And yeah, and like say so yeah, his father and then there's the point where his father is telling him to like and he saw his father beat his mother mm-hmm. brutally and then Danny's then replicated that same thing. The whole point of the book is Danny getting over what happened to him when he was younger. Yeah. And then he is able to then Part, pass it on, and mm-hmm. spends his time and his life, and uses his gift to help people. Yeah. come to terms with their past and find peace. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's not what they did in the movie. Yeah, that's a real shame. I feel, to be honest. I just, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it is because that's that's one of the largest and most important parts of the book. Yeah, is that there is so much in there thematically that is just missed. Yeah, for the sake of putting some schlocky horror in stuff.
1: And like, I feel like Stephen. I'm really going to be interested to see how Stephen King feels about this because his fingerprints are all over it. For reasons we'll get into past the, the um, spoiler section. But mm. I feel like does he care that that thematic stuff isn't there anymore? Because I feel like yeah, so that would mu- be interesting. Because so much of it, when we look at his adaptations, he he is really fixated on getting things like exactly right, like the yeah terminology, the fact like the. Uh, you'll take your medicine mm-hmm. and, like, come here, you, you little pup, and all the rest of it is, like, There's catchphrases s- yeah. and things where he has to have the exact wording exactly right. And that's is not... It's like the sentiment behind all that is what made the book good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you think when you're translating it onto film, you feel like it's important just to get the right word. Yeah. It's like you, you don't quite get film, do you? No. <laughs> like, and
0: that, that's the th- that's one of the main things that I found that I struggled with as well is that there are a lot of surface level things that are Mm. taken Mm. there are a lot of cliff notes but there isn't a lot of sort of true depth or understanding no I know I say this as a bit of a sort of super fan of The Shining and Stanley Kubrick's The Shining Mm. but at the same time there's stuff like Danny's like infamous jumper in Kubrick's Shining the Apollo 11 one yeah it's like a baby blue woolly jumper that he wears is war and in the scene that you were saying about when yeah, he's, he's at AA right. he's, he's, wearing, wearing he's wearing a baby wearing a blue woolly jumper. Woody jumper. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, whilst it doesn't have the pattern on it uh, and it doesn't have the design on it, it's still thematic of that moment. Yeah, and yeah, it's still true. Yeah. and it whilst it fits him in the body, it's a little bit long in the sleeves and it's it's a bit too big for him and it's Yeah. So there are some like really interesting visual yeah. pieces of
1: this. Yeah. And they're like they they really tap into the fact that everyone knows The Shining so well, and like the patterns on the walls and the and the floors of the Overlook. Yeah. When they get to the Overlook, like when he's walking down a particular corridor, he's scared to go around a particular corner, and, and we you know, know why. why. We know why because we can re- we remember the fucking wallpaper, yeah, because of Stanley Kubrick. <laughs>
0: and you remember what's going to happen when you go around that corner, and you go, "Twins are going to be... There. Oh, they're not. Yeah. Now, what's going to happen?" That puts you on the back foot straight away, and
1: that's exactly what I mean by that's a great moment there. But it's only a great moment in the context of another movie. Mm -hmm. It's not a great moment in and of itself. No, and I don't feel that. I feel like there were barely any of those in this. No, there was there was a handful, but not. There there were a few
0: things that could have been so much better. Yeah, but it was the fact that it felt like I don't know, like. This is going to feel like a really wide sort of metaphor. Mm -hmm. But when I was at college, we were told to do like make a music video and stuff like that. Yeah. But you were told to use certain things. So you were like, oh, you have to take it from like pre-existing things, which really limited you. Which felt like it was like scuppering like that creation. It felt a lot like this. It felt like a lot of this had to be in there. Yeah, I guess so. Or was well, it instructed to be in there, mm, I feel that like, it's hampered yeah. the rest of the material around it. I think a lot could have been done without it being so
1: overt. Yeah. I thought that's the thing, because, yeah, I mean, there's so much of that back end where they go back to the Overlook that is entirely new for the, like, right, we're completely off book at this point, because in the book, obviously, the idea was the, the Overlook blew up at the end of The Shining. Yeah. So that's not when he's making Dot Sleep the the book. There's no real, although they do go back to that place and there's something else there. They do. So there is this idea that it's not necessarily the building that was the powerful thing. Yeah. It's that place in particular, whether that's the Indian burial ground theory or wherever it's. There are certain places that have got the shine and like. Mm -hmm. And you could have done that. You could have, you know, just said, oh yeah, they knocked it down that's easy or it burned down but at the same time then you wouldn't have had all those great scenes and those great no. callbacks and like there was a scene there's a scene where they use the stairs really effectively mm-hmm. and that was a great scene and there was real tense but again because of the last movie not because of what you built yeah, up here exactly. like there were two characters meeting for the first time so there wasn't really a lot of tension because of them but there was tension because of what the context of yeah. what they where they were situated Leaving to the point, yeah. But I think we we got to talk spoilers. Yeah, I'm not I talk. think
0: yeah. If we move into spoilers now, yeah. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler
1: So, um, so yeah. Sorry, that particular bit. Then, just to sort of finish my point. It's when yeah, it's Danny is at the top of the stairs and he's got the axe, and then mm-hmm. coming up towards him it is Rose, and they are literally shot for shot replicating Jack and Wendy, and that whole sequence where he's stalking her up the stairs, yeah, and even to a point where at one point um, mm. Rebecca Ferguson makes the gesture, yeah, makes the give me the back gesture that, that Jack Nicholson does, yeah, and it's like it just ma- it is cool and it's tense and it sort of gets your heart going a little bit, but it's not because. There's this great antagonistic relationship between no. Danny and Rose because they just it's met.
0: Because you've seen it in a spectacular film yeah. before, yeah,
1: and, and you're it, and it is just
0: t- yeah. you're you're appreciating the homage,
1: yeah. And but it, the homage makes their it injects tension into that scene because mm. you know what happened in the original sort of thing, yeah. Um, but it, there's no tension because of no who's there um, and that's the thing
0: because you you continue to lean on that and you end up with like a satire clip film like all of the throw up things that we had like epic movie and scary movie and superhero movie all those things yeah I guess so I mean
1: that one I think that one was one of the better ones that one with with the stairs I think when they when they really overdo it and and like we said earlier with the going around the the corridors and stuff Mm -hmm. knowing what's at the end of the corridor where they push it too far is with the Jack Torrance where it becomes yeah silly because they have again it's such a shame because they have this great sequence where they it, could have just used the audio they could have done anything, they could have just used the back of his head they could have, I mean it's such a powerful idea, I love the idea I just wish they fucking got a bloke who looked something like Jack Nicholson at least or could or get Jack back and do de- digital de-aging or oh, something oh, I'm everything. sure there's a story behind it I'm sure there
0: is. I really want to know why they were able to use the score and so many of the other things, but they weren't allowed to use actual footage.
1: Yeah. I don't know whether it's something that is part of Kubrick's. Because there's only one shot, though, that I could. Well, there's two elements, there's two particular instances where I can think where you could have just used a shot Mm. from the original, which is Danny going into 237 right at the very beginning of the movie. he turns around on the bike and immediately you just look at this kid and go, that's a different kid. That's not the same kid. This is wrong. Also, it's
0: like, you're like, the shot's off. Yeah. Because it's framed differently, because it's not got Kubrick behind the lens. Yeah. It's got
1: Mike Ferguson. Yeah. Um, And then another one they do is when it's Jack coming through the um, window and they replace Shelley Duvall with whoever the new... Wendy Torrance is, I remember I said how dare you, (laughs) like she's doing her scream with a knife in her hand, I'm like how fucking dare, knowing what he put her through on that set I read into that over the week actually after you mentioned it, because I'd heard vaguely about it, but fuck, and just like knowing what, everything that went behind her performance, to then just get someone else to put her in her clothes and just make her, right, stand over there and scream, like that's just, that's so disrespectful, I hate that.
0: Yeah, it's Um, not
1: But yeah, the worst one for me is because it has such a great idea behind it. and such great potential is the scene between Danny and his dad at the bar. Yeah, that could have been so fucking powerful if it hadn't just been distracted by the fact that the guy who they've got to do Jack Torrance is like a really crap like third rate doesn't even look anything like him. Like, cosplayer. I'm just
0: trying to find him He just looks like a fucking
1: just... waxwork dummy. <laughs>
0: he doesn't even look like a waxwork. He just looks like somebody that they just didn't do the face on.
1: No. It's just, it's really... Oh, it's so frustrating because I, the conversation they're having is really good. And it's basically... It's Danny is sat. He doesn't even look like he's credited. Mm. Well, probably not because it will be a spoiler, I guess, won't it? But, like, what happens is Danny goes into the gold room which is the big gold bar room yeah. where Jack first, like, and this is a really crucial point in The Shining, where Jack sits down at the bar, says, oh, sell my soul for a drink, and then suddenly there's a ghost bartender there, Lloyd, yeah, and he starts talking to him. And they that they do really, really well. The way Danny walks in, the way they frame it, there's a point where Danny is sat and they frame the shot so he's looking directly at the camera, and you can sit, and you're clearly in the gold room. Yeah. And it looks perfect. And he sat exactly where his dad sat. And it's that really iconic, seat, you know, shot of Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Now here's his son 30 yeah. years later, also a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Now given the same option. It's like, here's a drink. What are you gonna do? And that's and it's super powerful. Yeah. And the, but the, and the powerful thing is that. He, he decides not to take the drink, which is powerful in itself. What makes it even more powerful is the fact that they've replaced Lloyd, the bartender, with Jack Torrance, who's now become one with the hotel and is another one of the ghosty people. Yeah. And Danny's there trying to get through to him and talk to him as his dad. Yeah. And Jack's there going, no, you've got me mistaken for someone else, sir. I'm Lloyd. In the exact same way that um, Delbert Grady did in yeah. the first one. So like, no, no, no. You've always been the caretaker. Yeah. I've always been the barman. And that would be really bad. And then Danny keeps pushing him and pushing him and pushing him until you get to the point where he makes the ghost take a drink. And it's like, that's a great fucking scene. And if you just had it be Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. it would have been so good. There
0: are things that I think they could have had like a way around it.
1: Yeah. Uh, they if, have...
0: if they could have done something like, they could have had him say a line and say, you look different than I remember.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And then him say something along the lines of, like, I don't know, like, memories fickle or something like that. And have something, or have something that was slightly different in the overlook. Because children's memories are quite yeah, fickle. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. have it be something like, maybe he was a smaller man, maybe he was slightly different. But just, I remember you being different. I remember you looking different, Dad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know
0: something like that, and then they show, then they show him and be like, "Oh, it is different here. This is this isn't what we remember. This is what he
1: remembers." It's just, it's, I think, yeah, you can, you just about got away with it with the other actors with the Shelley Duvall. Just, it's but just but
0: with him, he's, so iconic. He's
1: yeah, he's t- no, that's Jan Nicholson. And The minute you go, that's not him. Yeah, and that, it completely takes you out of the scene. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying because. It's almost like that is the sort of emotional climax of the whole movie. And this is the whole like I say, like everything I just said about, you know, Danny not taking the drink and all the rest of it. And it should be really powerful, but I'm just completely distracted by this fucking crap Jack Torrance cosplay bloke they've got. And then they double down on it later on. You have sequences where it's Danny and then he shows him running down the corridor and it's like and you see a full like length shot of this guy's face and it's like, Oh for fuck's sake. It's like again, it was like the ready player one thing. In Ready Player One, they have a lurching like thing in the background, but you see the back of his head. You never see his face no, because they exactly. know they're not going to do a CGI Jack Torrance. Because it's not going to work. Because that won't work. And so now you're going to go, okay, we're going to have a scene where he has dialogue and it's a dramatic scene, but it's not. we can't get Jack Nicholson. Don't do it then. Yeah. Much as it's a fucking great idea and I love it and I feel like it's a re- it could have been a really good addition to the book. Mm -hmm. where again like because like i said the whole thematic thing of dealing with your past to have a sequence where danny confronts his father in a way and has that breakthrough would have been great and a great way of adding something they could
0: have made up mcgregor in what to make him look look
1: like his dad
0: dress have him all dressed up with like the same hair the same clothes i mean you
1: seen what he looks like in fargo yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can do a hell of like, a lot with makeup these days. Uh,
0: and that's what I mean, is that not even you don't even have to try that hard. But by making him... By making... Have, like, Danny, or Dan, as he is in this, or Ewan, dressed up in that way, you're going to get that same impression. Mm. Than like you say, having this cosplayer... Yeah, in there, but then and that's those, that's not doing any disrespect to cosplayers because, like, one of the things that I really look at is like cosplay videos of like how much effort people put in to try and look the same and do the same yeah. and act the same.
1: Yeah, and this being Halloween, I've seen some great ones this it, week. Yeah, there's, been, there's, there's some great ones out there. F-
0: fucking fantastic! One of the best YouTube channels for it out there is a guy, called, uh, two guys called Sneaky Zebra. Yeah,
1: but they're amazing. Mul- but in a multi-million-dollar movie, exactly <laughs> that is replicating one of the most iconic and fucking big, not only one of the most iconic movies, but one visually of the most iconic...
0: iconic films ever yeah. made
1: and you're replicating one of the most iconic actors uh-huh. ever you know what I mean? and putting us across from a very recognizable a-list actor as well it's yeah. not like he's a do you know what I mean, it's no like, it's fucking obi-wan
0: yeah
1: hello there hello there hello there i do feel bad because I we feel, said that a lot. i feel that i feel really bad for you because like again this kind of was a bit of a reminder for me of how good he can be and but p- because of the fact he's Obi Wan now, we keep going back to that and going, "Hello there." And I was just go like there. when they go to go, we've got to go get something. Or like when he when he came in and found. So this is another we're passporters now, so it's fine. When he came in and found, um, Albra's dad killed. Yeah, which was the big twist and sort of fucked up a lot of plot things and led to a lot of like. There's so many loose threads now because of that. But anyway, whatever.
0: Yeah, I. So you're going to have to remind me about this because. The last time, well, it said the last time, the first time that I read Doctor Sleep was last year. Yeah. And it, I it, remember very little of it. So you're going to have to help me out a lot on this.
1: Yeah. Um, well, basically, the headline is, he doesn't die and neither does Billy. Right. Um, the crow does get Abra. Yeah. But the idea is basically what happened, they do that exact same sequence where um, they go... So, yeah, Abra's at home, and she's projecting herself, like, yep. doing basically a Luke Skywalker force projection, if yep. you like, to where Ewan um, and all the rest of them are. Ewan, mm-hmm. Danny is. But Danny is with, um, there's a little posse of them. So, it's basically, yep. it's him. It's um, do- the John Dalton, the doctor, who barely yep. gets anything in this. Bruce which, Greenwood. It's Bruce Greenwood. And he was cool. <laughs> I like, fucking love Bruce Greenwood, but he was barely in it. Um, and Abra's dad. Yeah, They all go out together. They're the posse who are going to kill the, the True Knot. They set up the trap, spring the trap, and it is then Danny and Dr. John and Abra's dad who shoot the True Knot and kill them all. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back in uh, Anniston, where um, Abra is, they've let out Jim, um, the crow, because yeah. they they feel like there's something someone gets a hint that something's not right we i just got a glimpse of her somewhere else where she wasn't supposed to be yeah is that their tracker guy who they don't really get into on this but there's a guy who's a tracker who does this stuff and he goes i got a feeling there's something weird going on yeah because, they
0: implied that it's yeah. crow daddy in this one yeah. in the film though don't they
1: yeah i uh, know yeah in the film they do in the book it was the chink charlie the chunk or charlie the chink or whatever he was the tracker oh yeah yeah um anyway so they get this idea that they're being Sort of played or whatever, and so just to cover their bases, the crow gets off at Aniston and says, "Right, you guys go on to where you think she is. I'm going to stay here just in case." Yeah. Then sneaks in, gets her. She. He also gets Billy, who sat outside in a truck. Yeah. He's led like, meant to be light watching guard, but the uh, Billy's a much older man. Yeah. In the book, he's like a seventy year old kindly old man. I fucking love Billy. In the but like they kill Billy off in this, and I went, "Oh no, not Billy Freeman!" And I thought about it afterwards, and I went. No, the only reason I have affection for him as a character is because of the character in the book, not because of this guy. <laughs> this guy, like this guy's fine, and I just love the sort of the confused look he has on his face. But he's not the Billy. He's not my Billy Freeman. No. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that's what happens, and then she gets kidnapped. They, she does end up having a thing where they overpower the crow, and the crow dies. Yeah, I do think that what they did in the movie was a cool way of doing that. The whole thing about, oh well, yeah, of course, if you think you are going to live forever, you wouldn't put a seatbelt on, would you? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah that's cool that's cool I like that um, and then it sort of goes from there but and then they, they have this whole sort of sequence where they, they set up a trap for the true knot but the, Abra's parents are with her the whole time and she's mm. at home yeah again doing like the false projection thing and Danny and Billy are the ones who go out and actually yeah. face them physically um, but this they kill the dad and just leave him with a big fucking knife in him yeah um, but then like They just don't really talk about it. Like...
0: She doesn't react
1: to it. No, that's my point. When you were saying about her performance... Yeah. That's what I mean, where it's like... I feel like there should have been more of a shift in her. Yeah. And that's that's not to do with the actor, though. That's to do with the script. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. There should have been... Because that's what I mean. Like, that point, when you see her early on,
0: when she's just being a kid, Mm. you're like, okay, she's an actor. And then you see the part where she's channeling Danny... Mm and you're like oh she's actually really yeah, good at it yeah that's cool this. that's cool and, and then like... there's the bit when she sort of takes the turn when rose is in her head mm. and like going through all
1: the cabinets yeah and but the, again that's something that it's explained really well in the book they never get into here it, is the idea that abra's got this real like anger issue yeah that they kind of tie up right towards the end of the book they have like dan sit like after everything's wrapped up and they've saved the day and killed everybody he has this sort of sit down talk with her about how to deal with your anger issues it's an anger issue that I had. It's also an anger issue that my father had. Yeah, my father being your grandfather. Because that's a whole thing that like, they skip out of this, and it would it is a stretch. I get that, and it would require too much explaining to do. But it's another one of those things that you could have done if you'd done a series. Because mm-hmm. the sort of revelation in sort of the third part of the book is that through this sort of lost connection in Amber's family tree, there's her mother, who we meet, and then her grand, her great-grandmother yeah. is a character in the book. Her grandmother is missing in that link because she died in a car crash when she was very young. Yeah, But they go back and go through all the family history and basically find out that she worked at the same school as Jack Torrance, mm-hmm. and they had a, an affair, or, well, they slept together at least once because... Abra's mum yeah. is the illegitimate child of Jack Torrance. Yeah. Which means that the fact that she keeps calling him Uncle Dan, turns out that is his uncle. Yeah. That is her uncle, sorry. Um, And like, much as it's a stretch and it's a bit silly, again, I like it because it's like, it's a thematic thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's the point of, Danny finds a family again. Yeah. But at the end of the during Dr. Sleep, the point is he came from this, his family imploded. Yeah. As a result of what happened to the overlook. But by the end of the book, he's got his family unit and he's exactly. got the niece, and it's like he's this is where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's that repeated line that comes up. It's like you're yeah. doing what you're meant to be doing, you're your home. Yeah. And it's a really nice conclusion. They completely throw all that out in this. Yep. <laughs> because they get rid of it. They get rid of it so that Stephen King, the the egomaniac can tack on the ending of the the original ending of the shining onto the ending of doctor sleep.
0: Mm. I don't think that that was Stephen King adding that. I think that that was it's too close Mike Ferguson. But it's
1: too close though. When it was happening I was like fucking it. So basically what happens is yeah Danny is stood in front of Amber and he's having the he for some ridiculous way around it. They end up having him rampaging down the corridors with an axe. Coming That's after Abra. Ludicrous. Yeah, that yeah. was... Which is like, oh, yeah, remember? Remember? It was like, It's like the other one. Remember? Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember The Shining. It's like, Ooh. what are you doing? Oh, anyway, so they did that. And then they have him at the moment where he's about to kill her. And then he steps back. And even to the point she goes, you're not Uncle Dan. You're a false face. You're the hotel. And it's like, now you're replicating line for line the scene that happened at the end of the book of The Shining where it's Danny telling his dad that you're not the you're not my dad, you're the hotel. That's a false... Even the words false face yes. is this thing that he keeps saying. And they replicate it, and then he snaps out of it for a minute, tells her to run. She says, you forgot about the boiler. <laughs> and it's literally literally... I can't... I'm, not, I'm watching it. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe you are retconning fucking... And... Because you didn't like the way they ended, so you're putting your ending from The Shining, or whoever it is, whether it's Stephen King doing it himself, or Mike Flanagan.
0: Mike who's, Ferguson! Who's, Mike
1: Ferguson, who's doing it as a way of. Mike
0: of, Ferguson. Yeah,
1: like he's like fixing The Shining by putting the original Shining ending onto the end of this, and just projecting and like shoehorning it in to Danny and Abra's relationship. I'm yeah. like, no, 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 you completely fucked this. No. No, 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 what are you doing? And then the fucking. He goes down, and has So he has his moment where he tells her to run, which Jack Torrance never got to do because in Stanley Kubrick's version, that's not how it no. went down. Tells us to run, goes down to the boiler, lets himself get blown up by the boiler, dies. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. I hate that. I hated it. <laughs> oh. I hate it so much. I hate that so much. Because the thing is, I was
0: like, (laughs) then they were like, oh, you forgot about this. And I was like, did I? Did it? No. Wait. And then I just spent the next 10 minutes of the film really confused about what I did and didn't remember about the book. And then I was like, why, no. is he, why is he killing himself? No, because no. we know we all know it's the hotel that's the problem. No, no uh, I've because got, it's the hotel that she goes.
1: That's, she goes I've got to close the door behind us or some some vague bullshit. Yeah, and she's and like,
0: come out, and he's just on his knees in there. It's like, don't, come on now, let's stop that. And there then he are said, "Many better ways to write yourself out of this." And little he says, corner. "Don't worry,
1: Abra. If the hotel strikes me down, I shall become more powerful than they can possibly imagine." <laughs> and then it all works out. <laughs> and then he, and then he turns up as a force ghost at the end. He's got blue glow around him. He may as well. Oh. He may as well have had a fucking blue glow around him. Fuck it.
0: Yeah. Anyway, this film isn't that good.
1: It's the that ending pissed me off so much.
0: Yeah, this it, it's
1: such like I say because I, cause I the, it makes me realize how much I'd like the end the original ending. Yeah, I mean and I, would, like, I say, would say the
0: the tricky thing is, I think if this film wasn't connected to The Shining, it would be quite good. And I like, there are like parts if of you me... can find other things mm. to replace the Shining bits with in this, mm. and have it just be a similar spooky haunted yeah. house story. You know what they could do, like when they did the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, something yeah. like that. Like generational. I think, a I think, generational
1: that's, I think that's, my, that's where Mike Flanagan. Flanagan Mike. Mike Flanagan. Yeah, that's the, his thing. Mike it? Flanagan it's now his. He was the director of Haunting of Hill House, or he was the mind behind it, or the, the show creator, or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. And like part of me, like yeah, as, yeah he, was. he was the editor. There you go.
0: Yeah. Um. <clears throat> And he did. He was the editor of Gerald's Game, so there. Oh, there's a nice little nod yeah. in Gerald's Game than there is to this film with the degloving scene. Mm. Um,
1: but just like yeah, I, I, in a way, I feel I wish I hadn't read the book first. In some ways, because I wish that I had just gone in completely cold and I'd been more on board with where this is going. But at the same time, I'm glad I have because I just know how much better it is and it's much more satisfying. As a as a story mm-hmm. and as a like say all the thematic stuff about Danny finding his place and even they do even have in the book there is a moment where he sees his dad again. Yeah. But it's not this fucking weird cosplayer cunt. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's presumably Jack Torrance. But the idea is that it's in their final battle with Rose there's like he could feel there was another set of hands there pushing yeah. as they they basically push her off a fucking cliff basically is what they do yeah um and he could feel there was something else there some other presence because they were back at the overlook mm-hmm. and they were looking at the the outlook bit that they stopped at before yeah. they got there it's like it was, that's where me my mum and my dad stood yeah just before we got there and they push her over the edge and then there's this moment where just they're turning to leave he turns around and he sees this apparition of his dad mm. and there's nothing said it's just this moment. And then he looks back again and he's gone. Yeah. That, beautiful. And I was, mm-hmm. as I was reading, as it was coming up in the book, I was like, I hope they find, I know they've got to go back to the hotel and all the rest of it and it's not going to play out like this when the film comes out. I know yeah. it's not. But I hope they find a way to do that and have a way of just having an image of Jack Nicholson from a distance. Yeah. sort Yeah. Of, and you can just <laughs> do a composite of him. Just do a deep fake. Yeah. For the sake of one shot, and it's just like a blinking, you can go, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. That would have been so much better than what they did. Ugh. Why did Danny blow himself up in the fucking... Oh, God. Yeah. It's such a shit ending for that character. I feel so bad for Danny now. Do you know what I mean?
0: The guy that plays Danny in the Kubrick Shining is yeah. in this film. Was he? In like an uncredited cameo. Okay, that's cool. Because um, I think
1: he he goes out and does sort. Of, he talks about it quite a lot because he's talks about how it's basically made him for life. Yeah, by playing Jack Torrance's kid. But he talks about like he, he one of the things that I sort of read about this week as well was that apparently when he was making it, he didn't know he was making a horror film. Mm. He thought he was making like a little family drama. Yeah, like how the fuck they got that performance out of him? Like the the one that gets me is like, how do you explain to him the scene where he keeps saying bread rum and holding a giant knife? <laughs> like, <laughs> How do you get the, how do you explain that? Just without... having
0: a bad dream. <laughs> that's what it's yeah.
1: But yeah. um anyway, I yeah, I feel really... I yeah, I feel this is a real I hate the ending because mm-hmm. I feel like it is a real disservice to the character of Danny Torrance.
0: But also to just the entirety of the franchise. And the franchise
1: well yeah, and by extension because by not giving him a good ending it means mm-hmm. that the trauma that he suffered Nothing else is doesn't served pay or... off doesn't and all, all the stuff is just yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not good. Um overall I was a bit disappointed. Some yeah. of the stuff in there's really entertaining, but the more it leans into the 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 more it leans into the old shining, the less interested I became.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I've so. love...
0: done so much better in such, such such a perfect way before. Yeah. that it was really quite disappointing. Yeah. So I think yeah, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, the score is fine. The, the visual direction's really interesting and really good. The dialogue's a bit pants in sections. Um, they didn't even bury him deep. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was... So, readers, as you're probably familiar with, there's the point that Dom asked me in every film why I laughed at a random point. No, I didn't need In to this, ask you on this one. I didn't need that's to ask Because you they loved. had quite clearly dug around the shoe sticking out the floor of the dead body of the boy of baseball boy and then they go Oh my god, there's a shoe there which is you've just dug around it.
1: But what I like is like it's like it's like he doesn't quite understand visual filmmaking because like that that had happened when they they basically they'd had they'd started digging then they did a crossfade into another scene of them digging uh-huh. and then another they did like five crossfades and like the basic like filmmaking terms when you crossfade from one shot into another the idea is that you're showing of time has passed your passage of time it's like a, it's like a montage is to show that little improvement over a short period of time yeah um but they did that and then billy tells an entire hunting story which is a whole thing about and then uh, that's what i never got about that. Like, he went on like this is new and they, the big conclusion that came to the end of it is like it smells like that. <laughs> is that it? Is that what so you were, stopped hunting? So is that what you were building to? All this. I thought it was gonna be something about being around death and understand no, okay, you just mean that it smells the same. Okay, right, cool. And so all that's happening, and then the idea is then they, they so I'm like, fuck me, they must have buried this kid deep. I literally thought they must have there must have been a line where they said bury him deep. No, nah, he's right on the fucking surface. He's right there. So he's I'm like, like why, it's like four inches. why the ground. fuck have you been digging for what looks like you made it seem like they've been digging for four hours in the way you've I shot that? Think and they
0: yet, had like a Chuckle Brothers moment where one was digging something out and the other one was putting that spadeful back in, <laughs> and they were like it for hours. <laughs> that then, must have been it. That's and then one only, of them had a break, so which is how they got that four inches of soil that's out. That's
1: the only logical explanation. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah.
0: Oh, in fact, for all of our any of our international listeners, I implore you to look up the Chuckle Brothers on YouTube (laughs) because they are um, just the definition of slapstick comedy.
1: Great. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah. So I think that kind of wraps up for me, to be honest. Yeah, me too. It's quite late here now. Um, Um, I don't think there's anything else I need to really add. No, I I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, I was. I was. But at the same nice time, like I, I wouldn't ever watch it again. I'm
1: glad I saw it, but I'm never going to watch it again. Not me either. I, I, that's the thing. I won't watch it again. i would not. I could find myself reading the book again. Yep, I agree. Um, I
0: recently picked up the Institute, this latest Stephen King book. Okay, so I'm going to be getting into that.
1: Um, yeah. Really disappointing. And there were times, even whilst it was happening, I was like, oh, I'd love to go watch this back-to-back with The Shining. Mm-hmm. We'd see how it, and see the, the continuation of the story. But when it was, like, in the second act or whatever, I would have quite happily mm. done that. Given the way they wrap things up, nah, fuck that. Nope. I know where it's, it's like, it's, it feels a little bit like Game of Thrones. It's like, well, I know where this is going, and it's shit, so fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just Titanic 2, you know. Yeah. What's the
1: point? Yeah. Titanic 2 was great, though. We watched that. We didn't watch all of it, did we? You probably fell asleep. Probably. <laughs> or I went for a poo. That's the usual go-to move. Um, that, <laughs> not, having, not having a great time. A good Or so, to be fair,
0: it's one of two things. Either I'm not having a good time, so I'm like, i going to go have a poo. Or I'm having a case of the glutens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it could be the glutens. So next test of that theory is going to be when we go and see Le Mans 66. Yep. Or, as is known internationally, Ford versus Ferrari. Now, why it's called Le Mans sixty six here is a bit of a mystery. I'm sure there's a story behind it. I think it's probably because, like Ferrari, don't want their name associated with something that makes them look bad. Or there's some Ferrari sort of... could give no fucks really about. So who weather. is it? Who is it? Who's imposed that then? Do you think? No idea. Because Ford prob- versus Ferrari is just a better title.
0: It might be Fiat Motor Group. But I'm I really. I'm gonna... I can tell you for a fact that Ferrari gives zero fucks what people think about them. Yeah. because fuck you, they're Ferrari. You're going to buy one.
1: Yeah, it's true. Um, so yeah, that's going to be our next episode. We're going to go uh, and watch that. That is basically a, sort of an Oscar contender for this year. It's, it's Matt a, Damon. Yeah, it's
0: the biopic of the Ford GT40.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a true story. Um, big name actors it's got Matt Damon and Christian Bale, and it's, it looks really good. To be fair, and I know you're particularly excited for it as a petrol head. Yeah. And someone who's really into their cars. It's literally
0: my favourite car of all the yeah, time. Yeah,
1: you, like you, the trailer came on when we were watching this and you got very, very excited. So if you go for your poo during that, then I'll know we're in trouble. Mm. But I very much doubt it. I'd be very surprised if you went for a poo in that.
0: I'll be surprised. But
1: we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, join us for that. In the meantime, if you have gone out and seen of Sleep, let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, is there anyone out there who's gone to see it having not read the book? Is that a completely different experience? Did you go in expecting one thing? Because the other thing, a little bit like the Joker, they kind of they've sold it on the last twenty minutes, yeah, and not told you anything about the previous two two hours that you got to sit through before we get to the shining stuff. No, so I'll be interested. I reckon there could be some people who go in and are disappointed on that basis.
0: I think yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of very dis- But I've seen uh, I've seen like the odd headline here or there yeah. from like the Google spoiler feed. Mm-hmm. Um. So I've seen stuff like, Oh, this is the most truest the truest best adaptation of Stephen King since Shawshank.
1: Yeah, and I saw that. But as I've well. also
0: seen like half star reviews and they're like, It's just really boring. And I'm like, so that so I went in with like a really open mind, yeah. but I came out quite
1: disappointed. Yeah, I, I went in with higher expectations, I guess, because I had seen some of those quite positive reviews yeah. start to come out. Saying yeah, best sort of quite hyperbolic, sort of best Stephen King since The Shining or yeah. whatever, um, and so yeah, I was a bit more inflated than I would have been otherwise, and uh, part of that that's probably part of the reason why I'm as disappointed as I am. Yeah, but there you go. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's it for Doctor Sleep. That's it for our Stephen King movies this year. And I think maybe we'll come back to when we could do our review of the year or whatever. We'll talk about yeah. how we feel about each one individually and what they. Um, where we stand in terms of our rankings and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, we've got lots of stuff coming out over the next few months. Um, We've obviously got, uh, like I said, the 66, the next cinema Mm -hmm. trip. There's some other cool stuff we want to see. We really want to see uh, Knives Out. That's out in a couple of weeks here in the UK. really looking forward to that. Um, And then we're also going to be getting back into our bread and butter off the Grand Rewatch. Yes. And it's not just any Grand Rewatch. No, it's time. It's time. Star Star Wars. Wars. Star Wars, motherfuckers! Star Wars is what's brought us all back together. It's you know, Star Wars is in a very difficult place right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into it. It does mean that I'm going to watch the prequels. I'd swore I swore I'd never do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we can, um, we can, we can talk about. We can unpack that whole big bag of angry, frightened, suppressed memories.
1: It's been so many years since I watched the prequels, and I really didn't want to have to do it. But that's how much that's how dedicated I am to this fucking show. I will watch them. I will watch those prequels. I am going to talk about I'll it. I'll probably watch them.
0: I mean, I have to. No,
1: no, no! no. Well, don't, don't fucking no! You're watching. I'm not doing it on my own.
0: Maybe, maybe not. Maybe go fuck. Yourself. Maybe fuck yourself. <laughs> anyway, on that note, uh what? yeah, feel free to email us if you think otherwise. Um That Doctor Sleep was really good. Uh, which is theomcastpod@gmail.com, or you can get us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm. You can just contact us and direct messages on there if you think otherwise. Give us a follow, give us a like, give us a share, give us a five star review if you can. And yeah, I think that's probably about it for this week. Yeah, that's it. All right, uh, speak to you next week. See ya. Bye. I'm Bye. Sure. Bye.
1: Being on co-hosts is this, like mushrooms feeding the shit and keeping them in the dark. Oh, jeez. How's your mother? Good. She's tired from fuck my father. Good. <laughs> yeah.
0: But seriously, like fuck Mark Wahlberg.